This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we are looking forward to a conversation today about, as David Bowie said, ch-ch-ch-change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're going to make me go listen to him to see what he was talking about with it. Okay. Right. You wanted to talk about change, and there I am going and undermining you even before we get started in the conversation. That's cool, because we know I can take the ride wherever we want to go. See what happens, because all I have to do is like be quiet and just let you figure it out. <laughs> now you explained it. There is one thing that we know about this podcast. What's that? In about a half an hour, it will be over. I know, but I don't look forward to that. And then next week, we get to do it again. Okay. So say more about that. Say more about change and why that's coming up today. It's been coming up for me a lot especially in conversations with other people. And when I sit quietly, which I try to do as often as I can, it's once, twice a day, I was thinking about all of the things that have changed over the last couple of years. Suddenly we were doing things like I was in the gym. I used to go to the gym every day or every other day with my friend, my neighbor. And suddenly there was a change because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And Everything that happened in ensuing months just required change in everything, the way we shop, the way we do everything. And by the time we got adjusted to that, we were not quite back, but how do you manage life half pandemic, half not? Do you know what I mean? Like half mask, half not mask. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, we know that that doesn't actually work. What? Half mask, half not? Half mask, half not mask. If you're going to do the half unmask, then there's either wishful thinking or some denial in there. But anyway. Yeah, but the, the news is saying at that time, you don't have to do it or you do have to do it. So you got to figure out how do you live your life with that kind of unsettling change. But time is moving on. You know, it didn't matter. I mean, if you can't figure out what to do in the midst of change. Sometimes you just stand still and wait to see where you are, you know, in a little bit. But then everything just is so rapidly changing. We're facing, we're coming up on another election, which, you know, I don't want to talk about that and neither do you. (laughs) (laughs) Or certainly nobody wants to hear it. No, (laughs) but we do know there's change in that. Here comes Christmas and it's a different, as you mentioned, backstage, Mm -hmm. it's a different Christmas, because, you know, it's not the same Christmas as last year. How's this going to be? And we're in the midst of that time where people have lost their loved ones, first Christmas without them. I know mm-hmm. people, I'm one of yeah, them. I know I'm one, one of them, yeah. people that way. So it's going to be different. And also, 
people don't like change. So I don't know if we're going to get to all this stuff, but people don't like change, but it's going to happen whether you like it or not. So it's our attitude about it that really makes the difference how change can be an opportunity, how we can look at it as an opportunity, whether we want to face it as an opportunity. It's almost like make the best of it. So look at it as an opportunity. So that's it. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. We could spend the entire podcast listing all the things why it changes uh, cause for concern. And a lot of times when we're faced with the possibility of change, there's resistance. We don't want to change. We're very happy with the way things have been. So why can't we just have it be the way that it's been? And it gets into all of the blame and deservability, like why didn't God want me to have this and it took it away and all the rest of that stuff. And a lot of that is keyed in on change. And my contention is that change is good. Change is always necessary. And there are times when change does not seem like it is particularly serving us, but in fact, in some ways it is. And I had mentioned to you that I have a very quick experiential exercise we can do about change. And we can all do that together right now. So take a deep breath in. Let it go. Take another deep breath in and hold it. You've done enough breathing. Nothing further is required. There's no change. And see when your body decides, you know, I want to change out this breath for a different one because it's going to happen. <laughs> and as good as that breath was, please, everybody continue breathing at whatever pace is comfortable for you. I don't want to be the guy who's making pe people pass out. This is not the pass out podcast. As good as everything is that's been going, it's always a cycle of change. We breathe in, we breathe out. It seems like this breath is the same as the last breath and the next breath is going to be the same as this one. But each one is a separate moment. Each one is serving its own purpose. We don't have any idea of exactly what our body's nourishment needs are, but we're going to breathe in enough that we're going to get the air that we need. That's why when we're exercising or exerting ourselves or panicky, we breathe more than when we're sleeping or meditating or peaceful. And our body just knows. And if we were to try to force our body, oh, well, I'm so relaxed and comfortable when I'm meditating, I would like to continue breathing that same way while I'm running a marathon. It's like, that's probably not the best way to run a marathon. So just in that sense, change is valuable. And even the things that we look at were Christmas time. Oh, you know, I, Christmas when I was a kid and Christmas when I was a young adult and Christmas when I was you know, first hosting my family together and Christmas with the pandemic and the things that we can do and the things that we can't do. It's really easy to get focused on what we can't do that we did last time and say that, that we don't like the change. And there's something different that's unfolding. And when we let go of our attachment to having things be the way that we think they ought to be, then we can be much more peaceful with the change and the change can be much more uplifting for us. The letting go part, that was kind of a lot, but I don't want to go back too far because, <laughs> <laughs> because the last thing you said was really so strong. When you talked about letting go, so that you can experience the change and all that. Letting go is the really hard part because mm -hmm. what we're letting go of is something that is familiar, that has become familiar. Not always that we like. We don't always hold on to things that we like, but certainly we hold on to things that we like. And change means letting go. And it doesn't always differentiate the like from the not like stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and going into a new something in our lives, a new time in our lives. Some of the things we liked can't go. 
And some of the things we don't like that have become comfortable don't need to go. Mm -hmm. So that's when change becomes deliberate and intentional in terms of our attitude about it. It's going to happen anyway, but our attitude that best serves us in the midst of and on the other side of change, I think it takes a bit of intention. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the perfect example or framework for change that we don't want to make, but that actually is going to be really helpful, comes from the recovery world and addiction. So people start drinking or using whatever their recreational substances are, or getting involved in activities or relationships or whatever it is. And when it's not serving them anymore, then it becomes painful. And eventually the change is required. I have a lot of friends who are in Alcoholics Anonymous who have been proudly not drinking for 10 or 20 or 30 years. And there's also a guy I went to high school with, a childhood friend of mine, who died at 40 of liver failure. And he didn't get the message. So he didn't make that change. So there was another change that was forced upon him. So the change is going to happen. We can say, well, I want to keep doing what I've been doing the way that I've been doing it and enjoy that and not read tea leaves, not understand that's no longer serving us. It might have worked when I was 18. It's no longer serving me when I'm 35. And we get to engage in the world differently in each of those moments because things are going to change. In a lot of cases, they already have. We just get to acknowledge them. Yeah. And knowing, I think, on the this side of the change or recognizing that change is happening and how am I going to flow with this? And what would I like to see happen if I could make happen what I want to make happen in the midst of this change or at the end of it? Can I give some attention to that? And when I said intentional, it's got to be a want, a desire, because change can either slap you down or help you to go to the next level. Slap you down seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? But that's what happens if you, the person that you knew at 40. So it's a bit of a, I think, a dance that we're in with time and reality. What is my part in this? Rather than to just go with the flow, which is cool too sometimes. Yeah. And going with the flow, that can either be non-attachment or grace or being graceful. Because if change is going to happen and I'm sitting here with white knuckles fighting it, tooth and nail, then it's going to be unpleasant for me and everybody else. And if I can not like the change, but be comfortable with it somehow so that I can be graceful about going through the process and then be ready to come looking at that in the rearview mirror and say, well, what was good about this? I get to let go of the white knuckle part of it and maybe make it a little less traumatic for myself and everyone around me. And dare I say, even possibly peaceful. Mm -hmm. I have little trigger words for me. <laughs> What are they? Well, it's exactly what's going on here. And that forces me to think. Because for me, if you have a question, every question demands an answer of some kind. Even if you don't answer it, that's an answer. So I really do have a thing about my self-talk so that it's beneficial to me. And when I see something going kaflooey, you know, I don't understand it. Since I gave up my control freak card, at least... <laughs> At least put it in the drawer, in the back of the drawer. I can't know what's going to happen. So I'll ask myself, you know, now what exactly is going on here? As much as you can know, 
what's going on. And just that moment, you know, sometimes it's quick, but it gives me an opportunity to think. And you'd be surprised what you can think about it in just a few moments. Oh, yeah. That's the fifth of our four Ps is the pivot. When something happens and we know that we don't particularly like it and it's not the way that we wanted it to go, not the way we expected it to go, we think, okay, what else could this be other than just me not getting my way or having a problem? So we get to pivot. If I'm looking into the darkness, then I know somehow the light is over my shoulder. Get to see beyond the blockage. Let's take a break and talk some more about change. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Before we jump back into the podcast, I just want to say that the procrastination continues because I mentioned in there Cyber Monday and the Cyber Monday discount is still available on the website at bethelight.com. That's great. It's not going away soon. Okay. Now you can welcome us back. Okay. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marchione. We're talking about change, 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 about the things that change. And one of the things that we do in classes is talk about change. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I like to look at the process and the cycle of change in three steps. The first one is to innovate. Let's think of something new to do, something new to try. And I've been inventing stuff and concocting things and wiring different things together that don't necessarily belong together for a long time in various different careers and industries. So innovate is Take something that either is different than we've been doing or completely new possibilities and then give it a try. Put the pieces together, see what happens. And the second step is to evaluate. So the first step, we're going to innovate. The second step, we're going to evaluate. We're going to take a look at it and say, well, this is what I was trying to do. This is what I thought was going to happen. I'm evaluating. I'm seeing this is what actually happened. Perhaps what happened is better than what I thought was going to be. Perhaps it's going to indicate that, no, this bolt needs to be put over here instead of over there, or we should paint the stop sign something more red, whatever. So we're going to evaluate and understand what it is that we've created this time. And the third step is to iterate, to go through the process again. And implicit in that is the notion that change is not only going to happen, but that it's important. Because if we're not innovating, then we're just stuck where we've been. And even if where we were was wonderful, it's getting old. It's getting old. You know, somebody who last remodeled their house in the 1970s is going to have a completely different decor than somebody who's remodeling their house nowadays. So if change doesn't happen, 
then aging and, <laughs> and uh, you know, falling apart happens. Evaluate. How's that working for me? Now, there are some people whose houses are filled with antiques. Those are things that have been around for dozens or even hundreds of years. Is that working for you? Do you like having those chairs? Do you like having those tapestries? Is it working for the life and the lifestyle? And if it's working, then great. And if it's not working, then it's time to iterate, go through the process again. Of the things that are here in my life or in my living room, which ones do I want to keep? Which ones do I want to release? And what do I want to have instead? And you don't need to have it all figured out to know, all right, this is what the living room is going to look like. This is what my life is going to look like when I'm done. We can go through the process again. I bring in all new furniture and say, wow, I thought this was going to be much more comfortable than it is. Let me get rid of this stuff and bring in another batch. <laughs> And we're all, we've done that. <laughs> we've done that. While you were speaking, I was thinking about how many times I've gone through that and in different ways, including the antique furniture and in especially my clothes closet and other things. You know, like I'm a mixer. My kids and my husband always tease me about I make potions and I never buy a product cleaning or cosmetic, whatever, unless I do something to it. <laughs> it just needs something else that I know will make it better. But that to me is not being afraid of change. It's going to happen, but like, let's don't make a big deal out of it. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. But let's get with it and see how it can be fun and what I can throw in the mix to see what is going to happen there. It's really a mindset. And I would really want to reiterate <laughs> the, the idea. You've one-upped me. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> but recognizing that fear is right there. Like that's the thing that makes us not want to change. I'm not going to be comfortable with this new look. My, you know, and just real quickly, my house. I always had a huge, big house of really tall ceilings and lots and lots of art. And it looked like a museum. And I loved it, loved it, loved it, nurtured it like that and made it look even more. Because every time I went to a museum, I came home with an idea and mm -hmm. I did it. But then at some point, it started to feel heavy and not really what I wanted anymore. It's still beautiful and everybody loved coming just to see it. But I'm like, you know what? I think I want to do something different here. And I did something so totally, completely different. But I remember thinking, well, I can't be afraid of this. You know, just go with it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You'll sit there longing for the antique museum quality living room that you used to have. You know, the same thing happens. I'm going to try and mix up some flavors and spices and give it a try and see if pumpkin spice bathroom cleaner is a thing. And if it's not, okay, I'm going to do something different. <laughs> Listen, and I've done things like that, right? I've said, okay, like this was not the best idea. I'm not throwing it out. So I'm going to use it where I'm not going to have to smell it all the time. You know what I mean? There you just, go. I just think like I just decided that I'm going to try to figure out how this is going to be fun as often as I can. Because life is like this long, right? You don't get a lot of time. So how can we make it fun, each little thing, you know, and we can't talk about it now, but that thing about fear jumps in there and wants to kind of mess things up a little bit. But if you know it, you can address that too. So it's kind of an energetic 
thing dealing with change and the mindset that goes along with it. And this is our life. What else we got to do? <laughs> I'm going to suggest adjectives because when we're looking at change, there's the possibility that we don't like it, that there's something to push against. So we can have joyful change and it's the same change, but now we're keyed in on the kind of change it's going to be. And I usually don't like surprises. So when I'm anticipating a surprise, I'm going to talk about a delightful surprise. And we live in a world of good news, bad news. So much of what we're experiencing, we put a label on. You know, something happens. Oh, they canceled my favorite television show. Well, that's horrible. But it might turn out that the actors and the writers who were working on that television show had run out of ideas. And now they're free to go make another television show that's even better. And I'm going to like that even more than I liked the original one. But I can't see it from my local perspective. So I want to have a happy change, a delightful surprise, if possible. Yeah, I think that's something that you have to decide is going to be a part of your thought process. Because it certainly isn't the norm. I think it's probably pretty new. That's why change is so upsetting or unsettling. But if you just kind of think about and maybe even think about it before change happens, you know, in the midst of things happening, it's a little bit difficult to try to adjust your mindset. You can, but it's not as easy. You know, you were talking about the television things. Like I have season things that I would watch on prime time, you know, and I get those BBCs. I love those, man. But they run out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Right> out. <laughs> and I'm like hung up on the characters. They're just comfortable. And it takes me a minute to say, wait, they're not coming on anymore. I got to. I have to do something different. There's another change in the air. Yes. I even tried to find one like the last one. And I wasn't able to do it <laughs> in the time that made me feel comfortable. But, you know, that's just it happens. And it's almost like, you know, we get comfortable in the now, but be comfortable in the now and know that the now doesn't stay the way it is. Yeah. And looking back on the TV series that you were enjoying as much as you did, if you were thinking this is not going to last that long, would it have given you the opportunity to be more appreciative and joyous and grateful while you're going through it instead of just binge watching? Yeah, I probably wouldn't liked it as much because I wouldn't have been with it, you know, as present. If you know it's going to end. Okay. Right. I mean, I knew it was going to end, but I never thought about it as ending. Right. You just get in the middle of it and go, oh, this is cool. Just go. You know, I even anticipate the characters are so real, right? I'm anticipating what they're going to do. They're not going to do anything except what the writer said. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about fan fiction, but we will talk about creating our own life. Let's take a break. And when we return, we will do a prayer. And the prayer will be on joyous change and delightful surprises. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. 
They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're talking today about change and the tendency that we have when change is either happening or imminent. We say, I don't want to change. And that infinite creative intelligence that creates everything says, it's not your call. (laughs) Things are going to change. And it is our ability to find a way to change with them or adapt to the change or be in the flow that keeps us from putting all of our energy and resource into fighting something that's happening anyway. I think that part is happening anyway. It's happening anyway. It's going to happen. So it's not like we're going to be able to resist change forever. So the prayer today is about the changes that are already happening in our lives to be joyous changes, for the surprises that are coming our way to be delightful surprises, because it's possible. It's possible. It is not necessary that everything that changes is a loss. It's not necessary that everything that surprises us is a tragedy or a catastrophe or something horrible that's going to be on tabloid news headlines. It is possible that the changes that are happening are bringing more of that richness and sweetness into our lives. It is possible that the surprises are things that make us happy and joyous. When somebody has a surprise party, they're not looking to shock and frighten the person who they're surprising. The intention there is to bring some joy and happiness and fun because it's a surprise party. So let's make this be a party. As is comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes. Not that closing our eyes is necessarily important, but because it lets us turn away from the details and the specifics in the world around us, because there's so much more going on. There is one infinite creative power that shares itself as and through and in all of its creation. Everything that exists everywhere is that one taking its own particular form. Everything, everywhere, everyone. And that includes me and each person who's listening to this prayer. We are each expressions of that infinite presence, that divine intelligence, that limitless love shared in a way that is uniquely us. So as the experiences unfold for us in ways that we have predicted or sometimes ways that we have not predicted, in ways that are different to going forward than they have been going towards the past, we are engaging with that in a new and wonderful and joyous and harmonious way inviting that change to be a joyous experience, not controlling the change itself, but being in the flow and able to see and appreciate and live the joy that's available. When the surprises come along, they're delightful surprises, something that we weren't expecting that somehow is now making our lives even better than it had been and perhaps better than we could have thought possible, better than we expected. Because the truth of the matter is that infinite creative power that creates everything is creating this next experience now. And good and more good and more good is available to us. So each of us individually and all of us collectively are opening up to allow an even broader channel for that good to flow into life. And the love is unfolding and the good is happening and the prosperity is at hand and the well-being and life vitality is revealed and the creative experiences are unfolding and it's good and good and more good. And I'm so grateful for it. 
I'm grateful for the stories we get to tell. I'm grateful for the new experiences. I'm grateful for the delightful surprises and the joyous changes that are happening even now. And so with gratitude for this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that always says yes. And I know without any question, hesitation, or doubt that it is once again saying yes. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.